Hey everybody, welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast number 35. Uh, this very special episode we're brought to you by PopChest, uh, a media distribution platform which uses Bitcoin micropayments to directly reward content creators. So if you make premium videos, head on over to popchest.com and within minutes you can start receiving Bitcoin from every viewer. And this was kind of an idea that, you know, me and D had when we first started the podcast, wasn't it? Absolutely. We said one day we wanted to move to video content for the podcast and maybe get a little, uh, you know, video up there for you guys who want to see us when we're making the podcast. And this way you could pay for us, you know, by the minute in Bitcoin. So we would love this service and we're going to try and see about using it for you guys. Yeah. So if you want to watch cool Bitcoin videos in the meantime, head on over to theprotocol.tv. That's T-H-E-P-R-O-T-O-C-O-L.tv. You can watch an exclusive one-hour interview with the biggest brain in Bitcoin, Vitalik Buterin, founder of the Ethereum Project. The only way to watch Vitalik commercial free is on theprotocol.tv. It's with uh, Bitcoin micropayments, and it's all enabled by PopChest. And, uh, as always, we're brought to you by Escrow My Bits. It's, uh, a really super fast, super easy way, uh, to sell your shit with Escrow My Bits. So you just register, deposit your Bitcoin, seller ships the item, buyer checks the goods and releases the funds. And they currently offer Bitcoin escrow on a chain pegged to a fiat value using new bits. Uh, so what that means is there's no complex math. At the point of sale, uh, they charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all escrow transactions, and they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. Your funds are kept in a secure two of three multi-signature transaction, and they only hold one key. So Escrow My Bits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around, and uh, their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible. So go to their website, make sure you sign up for their newsletter, and that website, again, is escrow mybits.com and that's it for the ads so this episode is uh imogen heap who uh was friggin rad she's promoting the mycelia project and also her music video tiny human which she is using blockchain technology as a platform for music sharing and she was uh super funny and and super cool and she's now appearing on the bitcoin podcast in less than one minute Yep. So let's let's talk about that build up, D. You feel it? You feel it in the air? I do feel it in the ether as well. <laughs> I feel it coming to me. Imogen was a great interview. I'm really looking forward to you guys getting to listen to it. Um, Mycelia is a great thing. She's trying to basically reinvent the music industry because right now it's used to treat musicians as the very last person that gets paid. And that's not right. They're the ones creating the content. So they should be the first people that get paid and the record labels should go kick rocks. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I learned some lighthearted introduction to British tea slang. So in, in the UK, if someone wishes to offer you tea, they may use the word cuppa. How cuppa. adorable is that? I'm going to go start- have a cuppa. Would you like a cuppa? <laughs> cuppa as well. Okay. Uh, Imogen Heap, uh, let's start the show. Here it is. signed the uh, the music community support letter and we're all very excited about the the mycelia project would you, you would you mind sharing that vision for those that are unfamiliar and why they should sign it along with us absolutely um so for those who don't know i'm a musician um i've been making music 
kind of professionally for 20 years and I've been frustrated gradually more and more over the years about how um, how how much harder and harder it is to make money um, as a musician and um, to the point where now, you know, it's just becoming completely unfair and unsustainable um, for for certainly for new artists to even think about a career in music. It's, it's really, really difficult. Um, so I got to the point where I just thought there's actually no point in me releasing anything commercially anymore. So I'm just going to I'm going to imagine if I was a, a, a new artist, I didn't have a manager, didn't have a label, didn't have a publishing company. What would I do? Like what's out there right now? And when I heard about blockchain, um, blockchain technology and I heard about, um, the possibilities of smart contracts distributing monies via, um, you know, via these kind of, uh, so uh, I'm not, I'm not explaining this very well. Am I? I haven't got this down. Um, basically, okay, let's start again. My senior, um, <laughs> It's trying to turn the music industry onto its feet because, quite frankly, it's never been the right way around. It's always been the companies, the record labels, right at the top, taking all the money, taking the cream, um, and then the artists always, 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 without doubt, the last people to get paid. Well, actually, that's not true because the musicians who play on the artist's record are then actually the last ones to get paid. Right, right. Um, so it's just not fair. It's not sustainable. It's got to the point where, you know, it's just... It, we can't we can't sustain um, our future generations of musicians. So something needs to change. Something big needs to change. And when I heard about um, blockchain technology, I realised that this was the catalyst, a big enough chunk um, in order to solve a lot of the problems, which are down to bad accounting, opaque business um, structures, and um, completely just impossible to navigate really this very complex world when I realized that so much of that could be simplified by cutting out the middlemen who take a lot of the, the piece of the pie um, and through kind of arcane um, accounting systems and all that stuff and paper structures and or paper, paper lots of paperwork and old structures um, just to start again and imagine a simple life where the artist puts a piece of music up one um, one time this is what my CD is. So you would put the music up in one place and all the services around the world, so the Spotify's, the Ujo's, which is a blockchain-based um, music uh, music platform, um, uh, Muse, PeerTracks, whatever you use, um, goes up onto this one place and then they take that information from this one place. So anytime anybody uses that song, plays that song, shares that song, um, reads, you know, uses any lyrics from that song, um, makes a sample from that song, it gets recorded um, back to the kind of the genesis, um, the, the the starting point of the, the, the artist. So anytime anyone listens to that, imagine in a future world where you were listening on digital radio, you were driving in your car and you saw a little light come on and it said, Image and Heaps, Hide and Seek, with a little light, you knew that that song was being streamed directly from the artist directly as as quickly and as as cleanly as possible you were receiving a fair trade piece of music via the radio because the radio was streaming it from mycelia so mycelia is a kind of it's a database uh, pri primarily it's a database that's what it needs to be it needs to have all the information for the artist to be able to be the best entrepreneur they can be so that you can have your music your lyrics your videos your biography your you know your images everything verified um all the information about that song, so what musicians were used, um, what instruments they were playing, um, anything you could possibly imagine about that song would be um, then, you know, embedded into this into this song by use of either a hash or a link, taking you to the database, which if dot music, so here comes the next bit, so I want you to sign this thing, if you go to dot music dot us. Basically, there's this company called Dot Music who are trying to acquire the top-level domain Dot Music. So instead of Dot Com, it would be Dot Music. And the idea is that if we created a real home, a base, a base layer, um, uh, a perception of the music community at large, if everybody has a Dot Music account, then we can start to build tools from the ground up that you know that make it much easier for people like Digital Radio or Spotify or Pandora, whoever it is. Um, to go there for their goods, um, therefore making it uh, making it easier and simpler and fairer, um, the whole system and cutting out all the fat in between. Um, so if Dot Music don't get it and Google get it or Amazon get it, um, then there's no kind of no chance that well there will be a chance in the future, but it'll be a lot more difficult um, that we can create a real home, something which is authentic for artists and musicians and managers to build this this community. So if you wanted to find a song, 
you would look up imogenheap.music slash hide and seek. You'd find all the information there. And then mycelia is basically what it's becoming is not, it's not interested in itself developing technology. What it's interested in is setting out standards, standards for technology, standards for commercial, um, and standards for ethics. Um, and if the, if the different companies and services who are building tools adhere to those standards, then they can work within the mycelial network. Um, so we create a kind of kite stamp, um, a trusted, a trusted body of, um, services and people that, um, respond to the, the needs of the artists. Oh, I'm so glad I signed that. It's like taking the power back. That's right. It's all about that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, um, the thing about dot music, we've had talks with them. So I, I only just came across them a couple of months ago when I tried to sign up for a website for the Mycelia Foundation. So I was looking up for, you know, mycelia.music, gone, mycelia, oh, sorry, mycelia.com, gone, mycelia.org, gone. So I looked up mycelia.music and then I realized that there wasn't a dot music and I thought, oh, I thought there was. And then I realized that, um, it was up for grabs. And then I, I looked up on Wikipedia, you can look it up and just look up wikipedia.music and you can see that there's these eight people trying to get the, um, trying to get the top level domain. And the people who win it, um, will find out in a month or less, hopefully. Um, so if, if we don't win it, then it's, it is a bit of a step back. Um, but I think to be honest, I've met, I've met so many people from, you know, all different walks of life, from artists to, to blockchain developers to music services, like big names and small names, in, in musicians or just, you know, information architects, um, all kinds of different people, you know, different universities and all ever, everywhere, just wanting so desperately for this to happen. That very if it does- wide range. So very wide range of professionals in the industry. And yeah. uh, so, so you mentioned that Mycelia was a, a database. And uh, in the very name Mycelia, the platform has some some really high goals set out for it. I mean, uh, Mycelium, uh, it's a it's a major part of the largest organism on the planet. It mm-hmm. maybe implies that you would like for Mycelia to be the largest music platform on the planet. So so what's your initial plan to get artists to join up and, and be a filament of your movement? So at the moment, there's no there's no kind of unifying place for artists to belong. There's no, a lot of the dot music, um, you know, problem that the, the company dot music are having is they're, they're, they're trying to needingly, they need to convince apparently ICANN who decide who are going to win it, um, that there is in fact a music community, which is ridiculous because those of us who are in it, like myself and all my music friends, we know there is a music community, but where is it? You know, I mean, we are, we are here in the physical world, but we're not all together. And there's no kind of, there's no place that protects our, um, you know, our work and, uh, um, and our, and all of our creative stuff, um, in our, in our own, in our interests. There's nowhere like that. There are little bodies here and there, like the FAC, there's the Featured Artists Coalition, they look after featured artists, and there's, you know, the Musicians Union, and they look after them. But there's no kind of place online looking for the best, all in all, the, the best, um, from, you know, right from the, the creation of that music right to the, where the, list, the, the fans, how they receive that music from the, the level of the standard music they're actually just like the, the quality of that audio, um, whether it's, uh, you know, a sampled piece or who, who is in that sampled work. Um, it's not about control actually. It's just about, um, it's just about opening up that information that is there and letting people enjoy the, the truth of that song or the truth of that piece of music. Um, and so I think for artists, why they will sign up, why they'll adopt it is because it, for the first time ever, will give us the power to have the real say and direction in how our own industry, which is completely and entirely built upon our music, um, actually runs. At the moment, it's unethical. It's unfair. Um, it's, you know, it is to the point where we, we just can't make a living. I mean, I can make a living by doing other things, but not by selling music specifically you know streaming pays so little money these days that's just it's just not it's not worth it and the thing is it's not like anyone was going to have to pay any more money because people are they they don't mind paying for music it's it's not even about piracy i feel like if you created a world a music world where everything was just it was a pleasure 
to 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 look through this information. It looked beautiful. Um, it was it was fun. It took you through all these different like journeys. So imagine if you I don't know if you wanted to find um, if you had a, an actual like a guitar that you liked you liked the sound of. You, there could be a service that could scrape the mycelial database to find what um, specific guitar is on you know songs over you know say in a hundred years. Um, so you could actually follow the journey of a guitar over all different. Mm. Um, all different songs. You couldn't do that at the moment because there's no there's no central space for that information to be held, um, and that's the important bit is that it's not owned. It won't be owned by anyone. So a database has been tried to be built over the years, and billions of pounds have been spent, you know, by people like, you know, major labels trying to get this database together, or people with vested interest in earning money from that database, and it's always fallen down because it's just too much. It's too much information, um, and they can't. They can't expect people to adopt it because they're going to have to take money. They're going to have to spend money to. We basically need to. The artists need to take take control of their destiny, um, because we've been in the hands of others for so long to the point where we can't we can't make it work anymore, and everybody loses out because the music just gets lost. You've actually you've actually touched more on this slightly in previous interviews, and it's kind of the the opposite as. As you take the power back and use this mycelia network, the technology is also quite a large goldmine for data scientists and the, and the, and the companies that employ them. So mm-hmm. the, the transparency of the platform allows you to search for, like as you said, what products you're using and effectively create marketing contracts with artists like you and as well develop more direct advertising to the users that listen to your, listen to your music. So by tagging the information on the products that you use, you kind of effectively become a marketer for those products. And at the same time, you're being completely honest about the money you may receive from them. You, you keep the transparency there, which is something that is certainly lost right now. Um, have yeah. you thought a lot about this? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on how all of this works and what may become of this type of marketing? Yeah, thank you for explaining that. I, yeah, again, I, go, I kind of get so much going on. I get lost with all the things that I've said in the past. Um, but that, that is a main, that is a major part of it, actually, because, you know, um, I have done deals with Sennheiser, you know, or Intel over the past and kind of worked collaboratively with them. And they've paid me a chunk of money and it's helped me, you know, um, kind of create a piece of work. So it's been a, um, you know, a win-win situation where we've worked on a piece of technology together and they've kind of had a bit of profile from me and I've had a bit of profile from them and it works, works out. But it's hard to find those people who are interested in your, um, you know, if there's all, if there's lots of people around the world and musicians who like, yeah, for instance, like using Shaw microphones, how does Shaw know who uses their microphones? Um, so they could, reverse search that and find those people and then offer them maybe free gear in returns to, you know, uh, for them doing some free marketing for them. Um, it's just a way to connect the dots. Really. It's a way, imagine if a, if a radio station was, um, like there's this guy, I know there's a guy in Krakow, in, or Krakow, how do you pronounce it, in Poland, who plays my songs a lot. Um, and every now and then I see on Twitter, oh, I've just heard Imogen's song on this Polish radio station. And I'm like, oh, it must be that same guy. But there's no way of me knowing <laughs> who, it, who it is. Because he's somebody's, you know, he's probably bought, you know, knowing, knowing, you know, the way I don't have a radio plugger in Poland, as far as I know. So he's, um, you know, probably just found that, that CD from a friend and then he's playing it on, you know, and that's how it's happening. And eventually one day I'll get the money back from that, if maybe. Um, and so, but there's no way for me to know automatically. Like if he was streaming that directly from Mycelia, then a little note would come up. Oh, you know, your music is being played in these radio stations right now. Um, and I could connect it up with the Twitter feed and I would know who it was. I could cross triangulate or triangulate and I could actually call him up the next time, you know, his show is it could have a little, <clears throat> a little, somebody could create a service where it could notify me of DJs around the world who are playing my music right now. And it would actually give me the telephone number and I could call them up and go, hello, um, it's Imogen. Thanks so much for playing my music. It really means a lot to me. And you could actually just thank people, um, and make those, make those, those real connections because they've already made that connection. They like your music and they want to share it, but the connection hasn't been fulfilled for you to return a compliment and to say thank you. Um, so these kinds of things could really happen um, if you imagine this this database and people building tools upon it. Uh, um, all different markets that don't even you know aren't even there yet. There isn't an app that you could you know. But I think artists would pay for that app if they knew 
what do you with their fans? They can actually, I'm sure they'd be paid for that. I'd pay for that. That's a really useful tool. At the moment, there's no, no one out there making those tools for us because they don't know what we want. Um, and, uh, and, you know, nobody's keeping abreast of all the technologies, um, to help us create this system, which is the most fluid and fair possible. Yeah, definitely creating something that connects you to your to your listeners as well as allowing the data to flow through advertising and marketing is something that is, is I think, looked on positively by all parties. And this is yeah. something that does that. Yeah. So, but at the moment, it doesn't do anything because what my CEO is is purely an idea. <laughs> yes. um, it's literally just an idea. And it was uh, it came out of somebody in this guy called George Howard wanting to interview me on Forbes and just, you know, asking me what my, what is my future vision of the music industry? And I never really put it down into words and I started to try of have a go. And ever since then, it's been eight months and I've had so many people being in touch that it's completely become overwhelmed actually. And to the point where today I had to start, I just had to pay, I've started to take on a project manager Um so that we can we can work towards um, well specifically actually a, a big weekend that's going to happen at the end of March in London it's a hack weekend um, and maybe by then we'll have found out if we've got dot music and the idea is to bring all of these incredible people that have been in touch you know um, building all kinds of amazing tools and or working on technology for sometimes their whole life um, you know who found that actually blockchain more than more than maybe the technology itself but that the 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 kind of reaction it's got through across so many different services and and and, and, and people this this idea of um how it can free up a lot of the the money out there by cr- creating things a lot more transparent and, and simple simpler um is meaning that it's becoming a big catalyst uh, for people like myself to jump on it and go okay there's a solution here with blockchain technology um now let's use that to reimagine the music industry and actually the blockchain is a part of it, um, but it's not at all the entire part. But it's, it's, I think blockchain technology has become a massive catalyst for all kinds of different services to think in a very different way. Um, uh, it's just become a point where, you know, everyone's just gone, now's the time to just think about doing things really differently because we can. And that's, that's very exciting. Definitely true. Definitely true. I mean, you it, it, kind of... Would you say it's fair to liken Mycelia to a global library of music where like the curators are the public and the musicians are the libra- librarians? Yeah, but I think also that the, the, the public can also be the librarians because if you imagine, um, you know, there's technology where you can read uh, data from text. Um, so if you, if you have an image of some text, you can scrape that text to data. Um, so imagine like, this is, this is some, um, guy called Andy Kahn, he's built this amazing um, app called Streamliner, which means you can look through 3D art, you can look through artwork in a 3D digital format. So um, you can check it out, it's really cool, you can kind of flick through, um, you can flick through the all your different, you know, uh, virtual CDs of all the music collection that you've got on your, you know, iTunes or whatever right now, it could be transformed into this 3D world. Um, so imagine that the whole database is actually forget spreadsheets and kind of iTunes and Spotify. Imagine a real like amazing way to view this database could be via something like Streamliner. Um, but then maybe, you know, you could empower the fans to scan in all of their old CDs, all of their old artwork and, you know, vinyl and all that stuff. And it could be, you know, automatically put onto this Streamliner. Um, and then, uh, you know, all that data, that kind of good data, the, the names of the artists, the names of the musicians and all that stuff can automatically get put into a database and it already exists. Um, so suddenly, can, you know, fans can populate this this world um, themselves um, by using official data that's already out there. So I'm not sure how much I was, I was actually allowed to say about that. <laughs> I haven't signed an NDA, but Andy's a very good friend of mine. Um, Hope they won't get into trouble. Um, but it basically just shows that there's, you know, amazing opportunity out there. Um, if we all work together and this is what my senior is about. It's has become about, I didn't expect it to be about this, but, um, it's become a kind of an umbrella for people to come and, um, and just, auto, you know, um, help help bring people together they're already doing amazing things that there's loads of missing pieces but actually in my inbox i realized bloody hell there's like 
all the missing pieces are almost there. They're all there. But maybe these people aren't aware of these people and these people aren't aware of this grant that's paying for this thing to happen and this university are working on this little piece. And really, they all want the same thing. We all want, you know, we all, we all want the best for music. We all want the best for music. Absolutely. And, uh, and that is what's uniting everyone together is, um, is actually not, it's not, it will be, obviously there will be still healthy competition. Um, but what we Absolutely. need is something, is something good to grow from. So um, you, you, you mentioned the, the healthy competition. If, if we take a more like liberating artist friendly, and I use that term very loosely, company like, Spotify, who are giving up 70% of all their revenues to rights owners. The only mm. problem that remains is that it's, it's just that people don't know where the money is, is, is because the record labels haven't been transparent. So you've explained, you know, what transparency is, but for people that don't know, why is the transparency aspect so important? Yeah. So yeah, on, on the out, uh, you know, from from the out, it looks good. You know, Spotify giving seventy percent of their revenue to the artists, but um, but actually, what that is is not quite as simple as that. So um, the problem is, is that obviously Spotify wanted to have the rights to be able to sell music, and in order to do that, they needed to get in touch with the rights owners, um, and in order to do that, they needed to contact the record labels because they hold large, you know, collections of. Uh, rights for artists and they you know they they hold the power to do that um so rather than individually ask each one of the artists which is impossible to do um they have to do deals they they did have to do deals with major labels and indie labels and what they've done um is the labels have gone oh um, brilliant hmm, that's funny this wasn't in our contract when we signed with all these other artists let's figure out some kind of other thing um where we can get money from the uh streaming services and then we will pay a little bit back to the to the artists but we'll actually take a large pie you know they'll so maybe i mean i don't know the exact numbers nobody does it's all it's all black box deals um but you can imagine that uh spotify probably you know maybe gave ig or gave um sorry you know sony or whatever they've probably given them a percentage of the company in order to get the possibility to have those bulk um rights to, to, to use the music um, and as a result have then the money is less than going to the artists so they get a smaller much smaller much 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 smaller percentage than they would have done if the um, record label hadn't gone oh okay we'll take a stake in your company or oh, okay if we get x million pounds a year um, for, for you to be able to do that then we'll just keep that for ourselves because that wasn't really in the contracts and we, we want to keep it you know we want to make sure that we're sorted but our artists will be okay kind of and that's what's what they've done so they've basically just taken a shed load of money for themselves. Um, Spotify are paying the record companies, but what the record companies aren't doing is fairly distributing that back to the artists. Um, so that's what's happening. Um, and the thing about, you know, having transparency um, and having transactions recorded on the blockchain, for instance, means that couldn't happen um, because it would have to, it, you would have to see that this amount of money that was, spent on a well actually subscription would be very difficult um using using that uh you couldn't use that model on the blockchain it would have to be pay per play um so then it was uh yeah a whole different structure would have to happen basically if spotify was going to be um fair trade music because it would have to be per play it just has to be mm -hmm. so bringing it back to to mycelia is there is there going to be a large learning curve uh, for new artists that want to use your your platform, and is it going to be open source? And what's your opinion on open source development? Yeah, absolutely open source. Absolutely, it has to be. Okay. Um, it's a huge it's a huge project, and Mycelia itself isn't interested in you know earning. It's a foundation, so the only reason that it exists is purely for the interests of the artists and the the cleanliness of the system, um, and making sure that it's keeping an eye on technologies and it's you know. Um, it's giving that information back to the artists so that they, they're empowered with decision making. Um, it's not, uh, it's not interested in making loads and loads of profit. Um, so open source, um, it, it has to be open source because the kinds of problems that we're going to try to, trying to be solved are huge, you know, massive. There's a point where, 
you know, we need to be thinking about how rights get distributed between the songwriter, between the recording artist, between the musicians that played on it, between the lyricists. Like, it's, it's just huge. And, and what does it mean if it's um, played on radio? And what does it mean if it's downloaded? What does it mean if it's remixed? What does it mean if it's played in a live venue? What does it mean if somebody covers it? Like, there's huge amounts of um, stuff to be sorted out. And um, it, that kind of that information needs to be, you know, even though it's not like, that's not coding, but, um, but it, it, that kind of information needs to be open source too, is how do we, how do we solve these problems together? Um, I don't know all the answers. Um, I just know that this, um, this mycelia thing has, is much bigger than me now. Um, and I really, I really, well, it, it was always much bigger than me because <laughs> it's about the entire music industry. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just a point where, it's some, it, it need, I feel like it needs to do the job that I'm trying to do and all the people that are now kind of connected to my CD are trying to do, which is basically just to look out for us, look out for us, um, take care of us, um, and ensure the safety and the, the, the sustainability of our future. Um, and I think artists, there won't be a, such a learning curve because it's important that the services that people will adopt, uh, again, my CD won't be creating these services you know, it will be it will be like a culture kind of growing the services um, out of its uh, out of its set of standards, um, and well, hopefully the artists and the fans um, will drive forward the the development and how that technology will look to to use and to play with, and the ones that are useful and uh, fun and simple will be the ones that that continue to strive and exist on mycelia. And those that are clunky and, um, you know, not very friendly or whatever, uh, taxing on the, on the system will die. Um, just as they do in nature. Nice. So I think, I don't know what it's going to look like, but, um, I think it's, it's very important, uh, obviously that it's, it, for the artist, it's the, it's the simplest, um, you know, just basically giving them as much time as possible for them to be, musician and not have to worry about all the other nonsense awesome survival of the most simple <laughs> so we uh one more question for you thanks for thanks for taking so much time with us uh this is the question we ask all of our guests can you describe bitcoin in 10 words or less <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> bitcoin um da, da, da. Um, one to one, one to one, simple fair payment. One to one, simple fair. Short and payment. sweet. You hit it. Six words. Okay. Nailed Congratulations. It. And just so you know, that's typically our hardest question. Most people tend to get that incredibly wrong. They just go way past <laughs> ten words. <laughs> I'm sure I could have used a few more, but there. That was great. <laughs> well, good. Well, nice one, guys. Thank, thank you very, you very much. much. For, uh, Absolutely. Or have a good one. Yeah, Thank you so much you. for your time. Yeah, pleasure. Pleasure. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was the interview with Image and Heap. We hope you all enjoyed it very much. And we hope you go over to the dot music and sign it because uh we gotta support her. We gotta support her on her movement and, and trying to change the music industry because like uh you heard in the interview, it seems to me that musicians get paid last, and that's not cool. Not cool at all. They need to be getting paid first, if anything, and the record labels need to kick rocks a little bit. So, look it up, Mycelia. Yeah, I don't know if, if I'm retarded, but I couldn't find that link very well, so we're going to put it in the show notes so it's easy for you to grab. So just head on over to the site. I got you covered. Yeah, more yeah, challenge. It's not safe to say that anymore, Corey. You have to say mentally handicapped or... It's my show. I can say what I want. Or exceptional. <laughs> you say exceptional learner. Is what you say, sir. Special Until needs. we start losing sponsors, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so episode 32, uh, we had uh, Tony as a special guest, and he loved us so much that he wanted to join us for the roundtable. So say hello, sir. Hello, I'm here. I'm at the table, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to talk a little bit about everything Imogen said and some other stuff happening now, but I'll let you all lead the way on what you want to talk about first. Cool. That's a good point. Do we talk about the Mycelia project, or I mean, someone actually wrote into our show and they wanted to know um, about 
everything that's been going down with Hearn, you know, fucking off and then the price dumping right afterwards. And they wanted to know our perspective on what's coming now and the latest drama with Mike Hearn calling Bitcoin a failed experiment. We can talk about that a little bit or we can talk about mycelia. It's up to you guys. Um, I say we go mycelia and keep it easy and let's finish off with Mike Hearn. I want to finish him fatality style. <laughs> and I All disagree. Right. So this will be entertaining. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, how do we? What, what aspect let, of the of the movement do we talk about? I want to let Tony go in on my Celia because he's worked. You've worked in the music industry, right? Yes, I have. So um, you you have that like insider perspective. So I'd like to know what you think about Imogen Heap's idea of mycelia, and if you think the the project is well worth a good old human investment and people to get behind it. I think any project that brings something new to the table and interesting. Especially if it's on a new platform, and I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Ethereum. Um, I, I think it's worth supporting. Um, I think there is some there's some disagreements I would have as far as just basic things, but that's business. You know, there's no business that I agree with completely, and that's why people are different. But um, I think in general, it's a very worthwhile project. It's something that's really necessary. But what's what's even more necessary is getting artists to the table. Um, that, the, here's the thing: is you can have the greatest platform on earth, but if no one's using it, like a Napster is not going to happen again with music. It, it just really isn't. So you really need to bring something fresh and with this you really need artist support like Bandcamp does a pretty decent job and they have a really big artist support for, from internet artists that have kind of gotten big on their own and that that's kind of their gimmick right but like if you look at other platforms I, I, I love making fun of Tidal like T-I-D-L not T-I-T-L-E because I, I remember their launch it was like a Legion of Doom roundtable I always talk about it like that it was just it was like it was this old way of doing things like look at all the star power we have when it's it does it it's not about the star power with this, but it is about getting artist support because artists need to, if more than one artist is using this, then people will catch on. Like, it's like when Tom York released his record via that BitTorrent uh, bundle. I supported it just because I supported something different. Like, I bought it, and I'm a big Radiohead fan too. But I, I, I still, he was the, the, really ex, the real exception you saw with that. I mean, I think Aphex Twin did it too, but those are the artists you would expect. You wouldn't expect, you know, uh, just something brand new to come out from that platform. Whereas Imogen kind of came out of nowhere. I did not expect her to be using a platform like this. And I don't want to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I had expectations. It's just, wow, cool. People are really digging this. Like people are, you know, getting clued into what's happening over here and it's kind of happening organically, which is the way it should be. But what else needs to happen is the people that really know, uh, business that are artists. And I, I hate to say this, but I haven't met that many, but they're out there. There's a lot out there. Uh, enough where it matters. They need to kind of clue on to what's happening and say, okay, we, we need another David Bowie or a Trent Reznor that saw it 20 years ago that kind of predicted Spotify, right? And, and you need that right now. And there's not a lot of that thinking going on, but I'm sure there is more than they, than meets the eye. So, uh, getting those artists together would be an important next step because once you get the artists together, you get more interest from the developers because I think, I'll, I think everyone likes music, right? So it, it's it's a real good thing, and it's a good thing for people to be able to, you know, allow people to use music in a certain way. And if artists can control it, it's better for them. And uh, you know, it, information wants to be free. It's just a matter of how do you make it free. And this is a cool way where the artists can get can can really control what they create. And and I like that. I, I think if anyone's going to be able to control it, it should only be them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's this is kind of the I mean, that's the the starting step. It's 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 hard to see big artists come out because I think okay, let's start over. There will be I think many platforms that try and do something similar to this, but it's all about I kind of and I think you were leading to this is it's it's only the artists that will make it happen. Yeah, it's and user be, experience. And, well, of course, user experience is a big one. I mean, Spotify is great because it's easy. It works on all your devices, and you don't have to worry about anything. But it's still not paying the artists. And if you have a platform that's it's really easy to use, it's aesthetically pleasing because people like, I don't know, to look at album art, see things like that, uh, then the people will use it. But you need you need artists behind it, but you also need big artists behind it so that other artists follow. Oh, that's true. Have, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I had a little bit of a lag. But what I was going to say is that's true, but I wanted to go back to what you said about Spotify because that's interesting. And this is a real, real important, I think, thing that people are – and maybe they're not missing it because I've had a couple conversations with people who've caught on to this. So Spotify royalties are paid out. They use a system called ASCAP, which handles all royalties. So every song times a song, like a play, a song is played on the radio or you know, shown on TV – they, they, there's like a little clicker and they say, okay, you played a song or you sold a song. The artist gets, that's why you see those artists getting like seven cent checks, right? Well, yeah. here's the thing is that ASCAP system is a, a, an entirely out of date database, right? 
never have I seen something more perfect for the blockchain, honestly. You could reduce costs so quickly by using a system like that. It would double our, I wouldn't say double, that, that's an, I, I haven't done the math, but it would severely increase. And it wouldn't surprise me if it at least doubled artist royalties by replacing that system. To me, I, honestly, like I, I'm not gonna, you know, start. I'm not gonna start a company right that right now. But wow, what a, what a good idea if you want to replace something. And we, I've had conversations with people like <laughs> associated with that, and it, they were kind of interested. But it was all out uh, golden nuggets right now. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> if, if someone's out there that's listening to this and no one's pursued it, at least that I know of, I'm, maybe they do. You know, I I miss things. I can't watch everything. But the, that that's a system that needs to be replaced, and it can be. And it's not, it doesn't require like the, the, the bandwidth of an audio song, right? All it requires is someone saying song played once. That's it. And then with blockchain, you can automatically pay out. You can collect. Everything is done. You can do that with a smart contract in a second, even a second. It, it's really a really good idea. Um, and, and I'm really shocked that it hasn't picked up yet. I don't want to throw this off the rails, but did you say that that database was called ASCAP? It's just <laughs> database. No, ASCAP, I believe. And that's the group. I, a S C A P A so ASCAP I guess I, I've never okay. believed. I know I, I just said ASCAP probably because it's funny <laughs> but yeah so I, I mean it, it's it's interesting I I think that that's another attack area you know if you want artists to to you know be able to especially if they're going to get royalties from public broadcasting really when you when you liken the title meeting business meeting to Legion of Doom I could only think of. Uh... Jay Z and a Skeletor mask, pretty much. I mean, you know? and I love Kanye <laughs> and Jack White. I love some of those artists, but that that was ridiculous. That let me, let me get your let me get your opinion, Tony, on something. Uh, you you mentioned Tom York giving away. I believe it was in Rainbows when he did that. Pay like pay for your album. Pay the you pay your own price. And then no. Louis C.K. did it with his special disease, and sorry, did it with his special. And now no one does that anymore. Why didn't that innovative approach not take off? In your opinion, kind of did. Um, it, it it changed things more than people realize, actually. Because uh, also Trent Reznor did it. I'm, I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan, so I always like to mention that. Um, uh, neither are the first person with that idea, by the way. But uh, there's actually a rapper named Tech Nine that did it like a decade ago, and very got not not much credit for it. And I saw it, and I was just like, brilliant. Like I, I saw it, and I was like, this guy gets it. And right now, he's making tons of money, by the way. Really big independent art. I mean, he make, he's making millions, and he owns all his rights. To yeah, it, it, it took it, like what fifteen years for him to get mainstream. He did though, Tupac just... when he was alive. Okay, that tells you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but yeah, uh, regarding regarding all that, it's just you know the, what those records did was they showed you know hey this is a really good way to get your music heard by a lot of people, and you know it, it's it, at first people thought oh if only if you're a big artist this will happen though new artists. You know, this doesn't work for them, but it does. Look at the weekend. Look, look, these are artists that I like, so I'm going to use examples, but look at the weekend. Look at Death Grips. Look at Drake. I mean, it's the same thing as releasing a free mixtape. I mean, do you think artists are really making money on mixtapes? Not really. The distribution system is very rough and you can buy them at like, you know, the, the local gas station. They're not like making money off of them. It's not what it's about. And if, if it look at Lil B, he made an entire career just on like releasing tons of records, tons of songs every day. I and, love Lil B. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait. Let's not get too hasty and call <laughs> all of those songs. Let's, you, <laughs> some of them we could just call sound bites. But his last mixtape had sixty three songs on it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of excessive. One of them has like what, like five hundred or something? Like yeah. It, it's it, but what it did though is it, it's a new like it, it's insane. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm I I can't imagine, but I'm also thinking that did change things in a different way, and it. And made people realize things like Spotify are a good idea. And, and it is a good idea. And I, I don't think a lot of artists kind of understand the value of, of, of music right now. And I also think that the, the rising revenue stream of vinyl is, is definitely good. Uh, I, I, in my hometown of Detroit, they're just opened up a vinyl plant. Jack White did. And I, I actually visited the store associated with it when I was in town for Christmas. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is coming back because people kind of see the beauty in it and why it is a good storage platform. Hell, I have a Bitcoin wallet on vinyl. Like, come on. I mean, it, it's a great storage format that will probably, that definitely will outlive any optical format, anything like CDs for sure. There's not even a question. Those early wax discs or those early wax cylinders still play. CDs from 1980, from 1990 don't play. Well, some do because they're pressed better, but like early CDRs, good luck playing those. Yeah. Um, they, and they go out. yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very sturdy information platform and it's actually very, 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 uh, I would say accurate, but it also degrades. That's the only downside is that the physical deterioration. But still, it's it's yeah. all about you know 
coming up with alternate revenue streams because that old model is dead. It's been killed, and trying to resurrect that is just wasting time. And there's there's a recurrent theme I've seen with our show is that the more we've done it, the more we see is people using the blockchain, using these things to as a tool to apply to all sorts of different disciplines, all sorts of different industries. And I think we had an interview a long time ago with uh, Jub Bagley, the guy from Overstock, and he said uh, he made a prediction that there's Bitcoin's going to find value because of its use outside of just currency, outside of money. Yep. And then when it's when it's been around long enough and people see that, oh, this thing is legit, then you allow the possibility for people to fully subscribe to a digital money because they just trust it as an entity. So um, exciting stuff. And I really hope Imogen's project takes off. So same here. We gonna move. We gonna are we gonna shuffle on over to uh, public Burnham. enemy number one? <laughs> yeah, is Bitcoin a failed experiment? Please don't go in on him too hard. Why are we trying to get him on the show? I'd love to get. Him okay, on go the ahead. Show. Uh, uh, one of our listeners wanted to know if it was just a temporary scare thing, which caused a few deep pockets to cash out on. Um, you you addressed it in length, D, um, but verbally, can you inform the masses on your opinion? Okay, so my opinion. Corey, you want to give your opinion first? I feel like I always go first. No, enjoy. Okay. Um, I'll just follow up what you said. Well, in my opinion, I think that his uh, grandiose exit uh, coincided a little too much with some some videos that have been surfacing about some sort of R3 CEV uh, convention where the, the managing director was talking about the article that he was going to write come out before it came out. Which is a little bit too coincidental, if you ask me. Um, and plus, there's a lot going around that he openly, that he works for them, or with them, or on some level. So, I don't know, it seems a little bit like uh, sabotage, good old Beastie Boy style. Um, I don't know, it just, it just seems that somebody, if you've been working on a project this long to exit like that, and I actually responded to him, I said, you're taking your ball and going home. You know, that just makes you look like that kid that got upset that he got his ball swatted off the court. So he just ran and grabbed his ball and now he's going home. And to call it a fellow experiment, I think is wrong. Uh, because if you look at all the metrics, everything's going up. In fact, we've reached a cap pretty much on the capacity that we can have. So we're trying to increase it a little bit. Um, so I guess to sum up all my opinions, I think that what he did was a very strategic move for some some other characters, and um, it's just not a good way to leave a thing. It doesn't matter how much good you've done toward a thing, it's all about how you leave it. And if that's going to be his conclusion on all the work and code that he has put forth that people are using, then it's like, sayonara, man. Peace out. I'm sorry you think that way, but I think that there's still lots of room for innovation. And uh, enjoy your walk into the sunset. So, seems like he's looking out for number one. It does. It does seem that way. And, well, uh, we're all we're all in essence kind of looking out for number one, but it's it's it's. I think he's been known to be somewhat narcissistic and and grandiose when he does things. Granted, he is a fantastic coder and he's made great contributions to the Bitcoin space that will be continued to be used for the, probably the entirety of Bitcoin. But to throw a tantrum like that is a, is a bit over-exaggerated. Even the other people in which backed him along the way have come out and said that I think he's over-exaggerating. He's wrong in his, in his opinion on how things are going to work out. But you know, good luck to him. It's it's kind of like, how old are you if you're doing this? It's it's more of a you know being butt hurt than it is anything else. I don't think there's a lot of like you know back end insider trading. I'm trying to screw Bitcoin so that my project goes through type of thing. Uh, if it is, then it's just ridiculous, and that'll come out in time really quickly. But it's it's there was there was a there's a lot of mud throwing and name calling and, and real just kind of 
childish rhetoric in the post that he made, which some of it probably has truth, but when you say it in that type of term, no one listens to it. Mm -hmm. I would not classify as a tantrum, though. I would disagree with that. I, I thought there was actually a lot of gems in there that um, that, that I, I think I, I really I, I would never also declare it a failed experiment because obviously it's not failed. But what I do think is it's more damaged than ever right now, and uh, it, and I see his point. Let me put it that way, uh, especially about the areas of communication. Uh, seeing this, the, the, the main place where, where uh, investors, where developers, where in, anyone interested in it, just technologists, people that like ideas, get their information is so heavily censored now that you really can't get accurate information. You don't know what's legit. You don't, uh, it's just, it's, it's the same never ending hype machine except without any of the good information that used to be out there. So it's like, okay, we can't talk about XP. Why not? Why, why, why is this so bad? Why is it, why is communicating bad? And then you go, oh, no, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. I, I kind of, I, I remember, you know, there, there was a little period there where all, when, when all these projects just got like cut off from our Bitcoin. And I, that was the moment where it was kind of like, okay, um, I don't know. I, this, this is bad. This isn't a community I want to be a part of. It's not open. It's not, you know, there's too much moderation. And you could tell because it's obvious. I was blocked. I'm pretty, I think discussion of me is blocked on our Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't trolling or anything. I wasn't trying to do anything like that. I just was, I worked, you know, for Augur. So, um, that was it. And so I plugged my project, but that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it just, it, 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 that, if that's how it goes, then you really do disrupt a lot of things. And, you know, it, the divide and conquer. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know know if there's or think there's some big conspiracy i don't really know i don't know really anything about anyone's motivations other than what they say and even that i don't really know but what i do know is what i see and when i see all this like bickering and just like it it reminds me of exactly the same thing that politics are it's like get people on your side so you could argue with the other side tell them that they're wrong deceive and you know just just drag these arguments on forever and never get to the point and and I see that happening, and I don't see it getting better. And that's I think his one of his points is going okay. It's it, it's to a breaking point now. This isn't getting fixed. And it, it reminded me a few months ago, uh, Roger Ver asked me a question about uh, what what you know. I think it was, and I'm hope I'm not. He never told me it was anything confidential, and he did this. So about well, you know, any you have any ideas to what to do with Bitcoin.com? I'm like, well, there needs to be a really good open community right now. And he and he did. He's trying really hard with that. And I was like, what a cool concept, right? Like it needs it right now. And, and I'm not plugging Bitcoin.com, but I'm saying look at Bitcoin.com. Like look at other places. There's other places to get your information at. There's other really cool projects that are tied into Bitcoin right now. And the fact that you're not seeing those on our Bitcoin, that's the problem. Yeah, and that's worse. That's why I think it's a, when I, when I, I wish you wouldn't have, I agree with you on that title. Bitcoin is a failed experiment is a terrible title for a medium piece, but it's also like, uh, I, I don't know. It, he had some points. But then when I read the R3 thing, and I think it was confirmed in the New York Times piece. I, I, I don't, I mean, maybe I read wrong, but I thought it was. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know their motivations. I don't, I really don't. Um, but what, what I, what I can think is, you know, I, I've been more, uh, I, I've been, have, I see more promise in other projects right now. Let me put it that way. I'm not saying the Bitcoin's failed. I'm not saying I still don't love it. I'm just saying I see other things that are happening right now and they're more interesting to me. Uh, but people can do whatever they want, whatever interests you. And I still think Bitcoin is, is a great thing. It's just a matter of what's, what's the most wrong thing in the system right now. And that's really, I think, the biggest. The, uh, the censorship and the, where everyone gets their information from is, I mean, I noticed that myself. I was like, man, I'm getting all of my info from r slash Bitcoin. And then I started to branch out and listen to other voices and get some other input that as what's going on with the projects and, you know, different open projects here and there. And then when I went back to Bitcoin, r slash Bitcoin, I was like, oh, this is kind of janky now. This is not, mm -mm, this is kind of bad. And so I, I agree that there's probably a lot of innovation going on elsewhere, but I think there still needs to be some level of commitment from the community to Bitcoin because Bitcoin has to evolve or it's just going to be the MySpace to the next Facebook. Isn't that kind of logical, though? I mean, if you look at technology, there's always a MySpace to the next Facebook, right? It's like the history of everything because every car had a new model, a new feature added. There's, that's just the history of everything pretty much, right? I mean, not yeah. everything, but everything in business. And, and when you look at this, that's what I think is I go, okay. 
is is Bitcoin, you remember the whole the whole web 1.0, 2.0 gimmick, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they do the whole Bitcoin 2.0 thing. Like, is this the best project out right now? And then the, some of the really talented developers I know go, Bitcoin's great, but it's really hard to develop on. I, that's why I'm using Ethereum. That's why the guys from Augur use Ethereum. I thought that was a great explanation. I'm like, it makes sense to me. Like, I'm not a developer, but I get that. And, you know, they're talented guys. So I'm like, okay, I get that. And and when I hear it from multiple people, I go, okay, so there's something to this. And then the, the Bitcoin folks that are maximalists, whatever word you want to say, always say, you know, we should focus all of our attention on one project. And I go, that's not how you make a project better. You don't pursue new ideas by focusing on the same idea. Um, that's not a, that's just not a good Mm -hmm. thing. Um, you know, that's, if, if you go down that reasoning, you're just going to end up going to hitting walls, hitting walls, hitting walls, hitting walls, instead of trying to like leap over the walls or go through the walls. And, uh, that I think is the kind of thinking that I would like, I mean, Everyone has their own opinion, right? But that's another reason why I was so fascinated with Ethereum. And I'm not just promoting Ethereum. Like, MadeSafe, awesome. I love these projects. Like, they're all really cool. And they all deserve support. Like, they, they really, truly do. And and you, you see them in, in IPFS, awesome. Um, all these projects right now are really, really cool. And the fact that you can't talk about them, it goes, what's the motivation? Because it sounds like greed. It really does. And Yes, um, yes. That's where I'm getting, that's where I want to, I'm glad you hit that, is that, why can't people at least talk about it? Mm-hmm, because exactly. if these projects are so good, and the reason why I say we should have a central, uh, I know that's a hard, bad thing to say with our community, focus on Bitcoin is because Bitcoin's premise kind of implies not only it has to have a certain level of economic responsibility, if it's supposed to be a peer-to-peer currency, if it's supposed to be that, and you can run a monetary system on it and you can have a monetary system linked to it, then there needs to be a lot of people behind it trying to keep it top-notch, trying to keep it the next best thing. If there's an idea that's great in an, alto- in an altcoin, bring it into Bitcoin. See if we can. You know, make Bitcoin better, because if it's going to be this global peer-to-peer currency like it, like it wants to be, like everybody would hope for it to be, then it's going to need more than a bunch of disconnected, you know, it's going to need a place where people can work on all sorts of different projects and see how it can get tied in, in my opinion. That's just the way. Here's a hypothetical for you. For every, I want to hear like everyone's opinion. Um, so let's say that Bitcoin officially breaks, right? Someone breaks Bitcoin, like it, it, a new merge request is submitted and it gets approved and, and uh, you know, it, it, or pull request, it gets merged and and bam, Bitcoin's out. The world hears about this. Everyone laughs at Bitcoiners. Ah, what marks? Ha ah, ha ha. They fell for it. It was a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> marks. And, and, which doesn't make sense. But, you know. So, so what happens then, right? And, and you know, it, it, does, it, does that mean the idea should not be pursued more? Uh, and, and, you know, because when things break, usually that means that you, you're on to fixing it and that you should fix it. And, and I, that's, that's the kind of thing. What, what's your opinion of that? Like, because I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying... What if? I think I think when someone is dedicated to a project uh, for a long time and then loses faith in it, or it breaks or it doesn't work, there's a common tendency to denounce the whole thing, condemn it, and then yell to the world that you're leaving it behind or you were wrong. And I think people saw that repeatedly with the 2011 Bitcoin bubble. Some people just can't exit gracefully. And if I rope it back to Hearn, I just think that's an example of that. I think a lot of people... Uh, will publicly denounce it and pretend like, you know, they were never a part of it. Like they were ashamed. That's, that's what I get from it. But to get to what, what you were asking, Tony, or the hypothetical that you proposed is that what if Bitcoin does break and people go on, you know, I don't, hmm, it's a good hypothetical. Because we're advocates for Bitcoin. We're going around, you know, telling people about it and then, I think they would laugh us, you know, like what Corey got into that Facebook, uh, uh, squabble with that guy who was, who was like, aha, Bitcoin's dead. Uh, you know, I was right and you were wrong. And it just, it divides the community even more. Yeah. I would uh, agree with that. I would absolutely thing, agree with that. The biggest thing is I put my skin in the game. So then I would be like, oh, haha, see, told you Bitcoin wasn't going to be a thing. And to me, people like that, uh, are bitch made. Because it's like, okay, you are you spent the little amount of energy telling me that something that I did didn't work. What have you done? What were you doing? Probably oh. no things. 
And so, but that's just me personally. Um, I'd say if Bitcoin were to fail and some, it, Bitcoin's proposing a digital currency. And if digital currency fails and we just end up with more of what, what's going on with the current monetary system, uh, then that would just be sad. I would, I would be sad about that. That's all. So, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. And it, it's, it, it, it's, I think a, another issue, there's a couple things is one, it's hard to get your communication out there without, taking a firm stand and using very, you know, like, this is the way it is. If, if you say, well, maybe it isn't. And then people tend not to listen to you because they think it's lacking confidence, which I, is, to me, believe me, I, I'm not saying I don't lack confidence. I just know what I know and I know what I don't know. And I don't know a lot more than I know. And uh, it's just, when you look at the world in that way, it, it kind of, to me at least, it puts things into perspective. And it, But when you say that, that's not cool. That's not fun. That's not hip. That's not going to, People don't believe you because you're not taking a stand. And it's like, well, um, okay, so you take a stand and you, and you use those words and then you, you do what Mike, Mike did. And, and, and I don't know, is he right or wrong? I, I, I really don't know. Um, I thought he brought up valid points. Yeah, some of them were valid. Oh, did we lose him? Did we lose Tony? All right. We got Tony back. Tony's back. I made my return. <laughs> So I'm, I'm unsure where exactly we left off, but I do know that the, I guess the last thing I wanted to say about the whole um, uh, the whole le- the whole letter or medium post is just to remind everyone, you know, there's not there's not always more than one idea or thing out there, including Bitcoin. And, you know, look for other things or you'd be amazed how, what can it what it can lead you to. That's completely interesting and way more different than, you know, anything you'd imagine. And and I, that happened to me and I'm, I'm grateful. So cool beans. So cello, you wanna you got anything you wanna add? Anything here? Um Yeah. Um Little B is gonna be on the show. I'm excited <laughs> about that. We're pretty pumped about it too. Uh yeah. You guys look I'll be on the lookout for that. Little B has a lot to say about how Bitcoin has entered his life. I'm hooked, man. I wanna get more musicians on the show. I you think they're interesting. You've fallen into the bass god a little bit. You've got. I mean, if, if you have one of those like three sixty five daily affirmation calendars with like a quote to get you through the day, <laughs> throw it away and just subscribe to Little B's Twitter feed. He, he is. He's a marvel, by the way. I don't know how he does what he does. I love. I loved seeing him when he was on. Uh, when he's on like ESPN or C. When he he got on CNN for endorsing Hillary, and I'm looking at this guy like. And this guy's good, like, like really good. Like he was on MSNBC talking about Bernie Sanders the other day. So I was just like, yeah, what? Who is this guy's agent? What's going on? <laughs> I don't think he has one. He, it's, it's. I remember when I first heard of him was when on CNN when someone yelled, "Thank you, base God," when we killed Osama bin Laden. And I was like, by we, I shouldn't say we when the U.S. government killed him. Um, but uh, anyways, when I heard that, I laughed. I was like. Because I, 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 I knew he existed, I knew what it was about, but I was like, this guy's actually like have has a lot of fans. And then I kind of kind of fell into the rabbit hole, and I'm, I'm still there to this day. It's I, I, there's not much I don't like about that. T Y B G. And he changed rap too. You know, he really did. If you look at it right now, you wouldn't have you wouldn't. There's a lot of people you wouldn't have around right now if it wasn't for Lil B. That's true. That's true. Uh, it's sad. To so say. that no, that's been a couple weeks out. Um, uh, D, you want to? Wrap Tell the up. people about our connections, our, our Zap Chains, our Facebooks, our Twitters. Yeah, we got a lot going on. We feel like we're all over the place. Of course, we're on Stitcher and we're on iTunes. If you like what you heard, give us a, give us a review. Uh, make it five stars. If you think about making it four stars, don't. Because we'll find you. And we'll make you make it a five star. We have those. We have Liam Neeson-like skills. Okay. That was a uh, Fuji's reference for all the new listeners. The young listeners. Yep, it was. Um, what else? Twitter. Cello runs the Twitter. He'll talk to you if you talk to him. Uh, and he also says little nuggets of wisdom, too. He channels his inner Gandalf, and he'll drop Bitcoin wisdom. Um, My inner little B. <laughs> if Lil B and uh, Jaden Smith got together, it'd be the singularity. I'd quit my job and just monitor their lives all just day. Just follow them. Um, <laughs> um, what else do we have going on? Zapchain.com slash Z slash just two guys. That's us. Uh, you can join mm-hmm. our community and we, I know I'm running the community. I've been a little absent lately. I'll pick it up. 
uh, give you guys some challenges so you can get some bits, get some Bitcoin. Um, yep. What else are we on? We, Facebook. Uh, we're in Facebook, uh, the Facebook Bitcoin podcasts. Facebook yeah, we're doing a job over there. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That, it, the BTC podcast slash the BTC podcast. I updated the graphics, so it looks like we're on a sitcom, and we mm-hmm. want you to tune in every week. Um, and we are going to two a weeks next month, so Where's more it? content for you guys. Yeah, you, you get to tune in and hear us talk about Bitcoin and F around a little more frequently during the week. Um, and we've been serious lately, so we're going to do more fart jokes in future episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to go so pro. we got to kick it back to the old school. I don't want to be pro. So, <laughs> well, that's it, Cello. That's it, man. Thanks, Tony. You're awesome. Actually, I, I, I was also did want to mention because I think uh, I, I didn't when we got cut off. Uh, check out Augur, everyone. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's A U G U R. Um, because some I noticed people always spell it like it's the other Augur, but uh, yeah, it, it's a cool project. It's on Ethereum. Uh, we have a beta coming out pretty soon. There's no set date because it's technology. It's an open source project, but we always, we always say we, we we have like we have goals, but we don't necessarily uh know that but just follow the project just at uh, it's just auger.net a-u-g-u-r.net and auger project on twitter and those are the best ways to get info and uh check out our blog there we're on all the other social networks but those are the two that I, we keep the most updated and we always encourage everyone to go to and auger the the reddit uh, just our just our auger uh, it's our kind of hub for for talking about the project and uh you can always just follow my twitter at tony swish and uh hear me talk about wrestling auger blockchain stuff occasionally and uh music and whatever else i want to talk about and um yeah i mean check out cool projects there's there's tons um check out ethereum too and check out made safe i guess that, that that's what i'll say it might lead you to more interesting things that you know we'll we'll, we'll set off other other interesting topics and projects and when the when the beta is done will you come back on the show and tell us about the developments Sure, absolutely. Would love to. You've got an open invitation back here, man. Thank you. you. I love it. Anytime. You guys do a great job. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show. Well, that's it, you guys. Play the outro.